It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. You know, still kind of chewing on on this Game of Thrones finale. And, uh, you know, look... I was upset about it, or I think some people were upset about it, but it, I wasn't upset about it enough to uh, be not arrested by security guards this weekend. So uh, <laughs> I just wanted to just wanted to put that out there. Uh, man, this Monday has been it's been it's been something. <laughs> it's, um, it's been a Monday, that's yeah. for sure. Quickly, Game of Thrones. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a TV yeah, show. Um, it's not worth getting upset about. It, it, just enjoy it. No. We're not we're not professional writers. Like we don't we don't do this stuff for a living. So mm-hmm. just enjoy it and relax. It's fine. Um, yeah. Coming up on today's show, we are going to be doing a positional preview of the Cowboys running backs slash fullbacks on the team. Um, and we got some some news about one of the Cowboys running backs, Ezekiel Elliott, right before we popped on the show. Uh, there was a report from TMZ that Ezekiel Elliott was handcuffed, not arrested at a music event. I believe it was in Las Vegas uh, where he kind yes. of, I don't want to say pushed a security guard because that's way too, um, <laughs> that, that implies that there was a lot of force there. He basically bumped. There, there was, you know, it was half the force of this of Zeke just turning his body and then half of this guy being a complete klutz and not realizing there was a gate behind him. Right. Uh, it, basically, they bumped chest with this guy, but it was, it's, it's noteworthy nonetheless. So let's go ahead and start sure. there. Um, what was just kind of your instant takeaway from this? Do you think this is going to impact whether Zeke is on the field to start the season. What do you think about it all? <laughs> well, first of all, I think it's hilarious that, I mean, to even ask if I have any idea whether this is going to impact. <laughs> I mean, God only knows. Like, right. I mean, you know, I, I mean, how does, I mean, maybe if I had a, was more in tune with uh, how Roger Ebert was feeling this morning, uh, maybe Roger that would Ebert? give me an idea, but. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, I mean, I think Ebert should have a. I mean, he's dead, but I mean, I think he should probably have an input on this. No, Roger Goodell. I mean, look, it's all on the whims of the NFL, basically, is what I was getting at. And and I think it. it you know, look, he wasn't. Not only was he not arrested, he wasn't even handcuffed by police. He was handcuffed by a security guard. So uh, it, this whole thing is is nothing in reality. I mean, this is this is one of the situations where. You know, being famous and all that, like, really worked against him, right? Oh, because, yeah. honest to God, I probably did this, you know, when I was 20 like two weekends old. ago. Got, you, know, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, maybe just last this weekend. After, I'm telling you, I was upset about Game of Thrones. No, uh, I, I, I just, you know, like, he, he had too many drinks at a festival. He, he, he's not even... I think he was in an, an argument with 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 the girl that was there, but I mean, like that's not even what the whole thing was about. The thing was about him bumping the security guard, and like if you watch the video, I mean, he's not even really like he doesn't even really seem mad. Like he laughs about it after he falls down. Like he walks away. It's not like this. He hulked out no, and like no. you know. I mean, like it's not like that at all. So I think that if this was any other situation this would not be a thing at all it wouldn't even be reported no. because it's being reported because of uh uh you know because of the the way things worked out with the last bs investigation with with ezekiel elliott of course there's reason to be concerned to a certain degree I, but honest to god i'm really just not gonna spend a lot of time worrying about it because i mean either it will happen or won't happen Sure. And it, we have no idea when it will even happen. So, like, you might as well just put it out of your head at this point and just, you know, think about it, like, when it comes down the road. I Honestly, I cannot imagine he gets uh, – I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I can't. I, I shouldn't can, say that. I can completely imagine God, him getting suspended. But that, I don't think it's necessarily I, realistic. I, yeah. I don't think he will get suspended. Sure. I don't think he should be suspended. But I don't – I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Because sure. uh, I mean, of course, it's all up to what the NFL's whims are. That I, I but I mean, th this is very minor, and I can't, I can't, um, I, 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 I would be. I, I think anyone who, if he gets a, a suspended over this, I think we all have again a very strong right to be upset about. Um, so this was a good day for the brand for a couple different reasons because I no it, for God's sake. Well, a, a couple of people tweeted the Cowboys season's already over before it started, so that allowed me to fire off some oh tweets about God. how a running back isn't going to change their season, it's not going to change their win total, blah 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 blah. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about the the impact or let's, of Elliott on the field. So let's I want to kind of go down through this position. We're going to assume that all these guys are healthy for the season and they're available. So let's talk about with Zeke. How important do you believe Zeke is to the overall success of this team? Because, I mean, you you know where I stand, but is he somebody they have to have him every single game in order to win 10, 11 games this year? No, but, I, I mean, I think that you could say that about almost any position that's not the quarterback. You know, like, I, I just don't... There's a few that I would argue that against that, but go yeah, ahead. You know, we're we're going to have to have this whole debate here, so let's just yes, pull it back. It. Let's just pull it out to that. All right. <clears throat> analytics, and, and I think that even a lot of analytic people are starting to come around on this idea, have gone way too far with this. Have gone way too far with this. The idea that because generally running backs may not have the same effect as other positions, that no running back has any effect or has any value that is, you know, above and beyond 
like let's say you know getting an undrafted free agent or a sixth or seventh round well, pick in here. Well, I think, and I, I, think say, just, I, I think the argument though is not that running backs are bad or they're not important. It's just that there's so no. many good ones out there that it basically ends up being they're replaceable. That's really the argument. It's not that the running game. Doesn't uh, yes, matter. but I think that even that argument is extremely flawed because not all running backs get treated the same like there there is an element of what having Zeke on the field does you know it's it's like this idea of measuring the uh uh the, the number of bo- the people in the box that Zeke runs with and the, the yards per hour, but the, the point is that he's putting the people in the box you know what I'm saying See, I would like, disagree with that. I, I think formation does more than that if you put if you have twelve or thirteen but, guys, but, 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 but that's or twelve or thirteen personnel is going to change how many guys are in the box. Pre pre snap box like pre snap box counts is are, is not what we're talking about though. We're talking about what Zeke does is he actually limits coverages because you 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 don't want to play a too high shell as much as when Zeke's on the field because you 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 have to understand that if you don't have that extra guy in the box that he's going to eat you up at a high efficient high efficiency level and i think that that's where your argu- where the argument falls apart is when i think the general idea is that you don't need an elite running back to be a good team but that Sure. Doesn't mean that having a good elite running back on your team isn't doesn't have a lot of value. And I think it does have a lot of value because you can do things like, you know, dictate coverage, and these are things that you know normally are reserved for wide receivers that you have to put on the field that are dictating double coverage and that sort of thing. Being able to, you know, have a certain amount of control pre-snap on what the defense is doing just by the presence of a player and and how it has an effect, a direct effect. Uh, now, Scott Linehan may have done a poor job of connecting this effect, but I think that having Zeke on the field directly has a connect with the passing game because of the his ability to punish teams that are trying to play too far off and, and are, are not respecting the fact that he can, sure. you know, without the extra man in the box, that he can run all over you. And, and this offense, offensive line combined with Zeke can really, you know, make you pay for it at a high efficiency uh, with, with <clears throat> you know, explosives mixed in there as well. See, where I would where I would debate that and change is, I agree that having a, having a strong running game presence can dictate coverage. And we've seen that with the Cowboys over the last – few years 2014 16 and 18 all those are very much true um but i would the the way that i would say that is a strong running game is really based off your offensive line so if you have a dominant offensive line like the cowboys have had in the past that can dictate how a defense plays rather than the running back by himself because i my belief is if you have that same offensive line in 2014 you put you change out Joseph Randall and DeMarco Murray, teams are still going to be playing you probably the same way. And that's just kind of the way I feel about the running game. If you have a strong offensive line or a strong quarterback that allows you to, uh, you know, maybe run against lighter boxes or a bad quarterback that but, makes you have to run against uh, bigger boxes, that dictates more than the, the than the running back himself. I think I think generally that that may be true, but look what happened when Zeke was gone and uh, Alfred Morris was the running back, right? He got really high efficiency running, and that that plays into your argument, right? Like, oh, look at Alfred Morris running really well behind this offensive line. Running, you know, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't matter, like, or it's not having a huge effect because there's look at how small a slight a drop off there is, right? 
But the difference was in the passing game because the reason the reason he was getting that level of high efficiency is because he was running against two two deep shells all day long. He wasn't having that same level of 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 uh, focus on him. So he was. They were saying, "Oh, you guys want to beat us with uh, with uh, Alfred Morris? We'll let that happen all day, and we will." Put our pull our coverage back, put our players back, and and not allow Dak t- uh, to uh, to snipe us downfield. And that's where I think this idea that Dak can't throw downfield, which is like you know the opposite of what yeah, happened yeah. is the truth came from is because when Zeke was gone they everyone expected that the way that Dak would pick up the slack Dak would pick up the slack nice, that's, nice. that's a good Dr. Seuss uh, title uh, was the, he'd throw it he'd bomb it all over the field but what they didn't realize is that not having Zeke in the game meant that defenses could keep Dallas at bay by playing back and by l- keeping it all in front of them because they didn't have a uh player that could, you know, a, a, a explosive player who could create big plays in the running game, running the ball while also being efficient in Ezekiel Elliott that they had to worry about down low so they could keep their coverages back. You know, look, they, number of people in the box, that's fine. The pre-snap and, and determining, like, how you want to run, running against the box, those things are important. But as far as what its effect is on the passing game, we're talking post-snap. What's, what is What does this team think that they can do, get away with, with and without Zeke on the field? And I think that is a lot more specific and difficult thing to quantify than uh, than speaking kind of from the 10,000-foot view of running backs in, in, in general. Yeah, so I, I want to go back to that six-game uh, stretch where Zeke was gone. Um, it, I still think it was more important that Tyron Smith wasn't healthy, or, and he wasn't there, right? They lost that Falcons game, not because they couldn't run the ball, but because Chaz Green and who was the Byron Bell were absolutely atrocious filling in for Tyron. And then when Tyron came back uh, on that Thanksgiving game against the Chargers, he was terrible. I mean, he should not have been playing in that game anyways. Uh, he he looked healthier the next week against Washington, and they put up 38 points in that game, and he looked a little better the following week against the Giants, and I think they put up 30 in that game. So for me, that it, it's always been tough to say, you know, the offense— But it's a— it's a balance, though, too. Like you're, you're not wrong. I mean, I, sure. I, I think that he came back injured, but then, uh, but then on top of that, he's also having to pass block longer because, again, while Zeke is gone, they've got more people yeah, back into do coverage. You, do you think Chaz Green? Do you really think it would have mattered if, if Zeke was in the game and Chaz Green was starting at left tackle? You know what I mean? Do you really think it would have been that big of a difference? I, I, I think overall the difference is. Uh, the difference, yes. I, no, I, I don't think it would be a, a huge effect. I agree with your point, but that's not the point that we're making here. The point that we're making here is that the effect that Zeke had, the kind of hard-to-quantify effect that Zeke had on how defenses play us, and you know, and these things are all interconnected. So, yes, I think that Chaz Green being in the game versus Tyron Smith obviously had a bigger impact, I mean, specifically in the pass game, but I also think that that... that Impact could be mitigated a lot by having Ezekiel Elliott, which kind of disproves the idea that you know elite running back play doesn't matter. Uh, it, it's 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 it, there's a lot of interchanging sure. parts here, and I and I and I think that the theory in general, as far as team building goes, uh, is not incorrect. But the problem is, is that I think too many times with this analytic stuff. People take it as the roadmap as opposed to a, hey, look, this is maybe the numbers say maybe to do this. That's the way I think analytics should be used as opposed to this is the only way to do it. 
Sure. Because I think that that's completely incorrect, and I, I don't even think football people believe that. All right. Um, really quickly before we move on to some of the other running backs on this team, um, Ezekiel Elliott, do you think uh, – I, I don't even want to say it, uh, something – an incident like this. Do you think an incident like this will potentially scare off the Cowboys from investing in them long term, or is that you know just kind of out of the equation? You know, I, I mean, it's so new that it's kind of tough to tell. I, I mean, I, I think it has to give them pause. I mean, I think they know who Ezekiel Elliott is. And I, I think, look, does Ezekiel Elliott have a problem with his behavior when he gets when he drinks too much? Maybe, you know, sure. like, you know, I, I think he's, he's also a, a young kid who's, you know, basically – been treated like a king his whole life because of how what an amazing athlete he is you know Uh, so i I think that there's something there i think that there's a level of patience that the cowboys are willing to have but i i think it does have an effect on negotiations i mean i think that you know this it's not great for him and and i i i think for the cowboys they have already you know they're pot committed to a certain degree with his behavior. You know they've they've spent already spent a lot of money mm-hmm. on more than we'll ever helping know. with the lawyers. Yeah, I mean more than I think we all know. And um, I, you know I think the issue is that the Cowboys need a commitment from Ezekiel Elliott. I think they buy buy into him at the player completely, and I think that they buy into Ezekiel Elliott the the locker room presence and the personality. You know, on during the week all the time. It's just when he gets away and he's trying to have fun and he he loses control. You know, and that I'm not brushing that off as not a problem. I, I think it's an issue, but I also think that this is something that a certain amount of maturity could help and just some you know just some guidance there. I, I don't know that like uh, it's gonna you know make them think twice about signing him, but I think that. If it's leverage to be used in, in contract negotiations, it, it will be used. Yeah, I absolutely agree there. Um, let's go ahead and talk about some of the other running backs on the team. Let's start out with the Cowboys. Fourth-round pick, Tony Pollard. Um, in the event that Elliott isn't there, do you think Pollard could handle a full-time role for the Cowboys right away as a feature back? Do you think it's realistic to see him getting 18 to 22 touches a game? No, okay. no. I mean, I think it would it would be. A, I mean, not not right away. I, I think it would be a, have to be a situation where they're uh, they're mixing in with another running back. They would. I mean, I think at that point, especially with Weber, I think Weber is going to be fine. But I, I, you may even have to consider if if he was actually out for any extended time, you may need to consider actually bringing in a vet, like just to kind of be a. Uh, a, a change of pace guy, yeah, yeah. A, a more change of pace or guy. Veteran, I think that's just a veteran difference. guy that you can rely on a third down to pick up pass protection sure, and stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really the thing is you just need a guy who can do a lot of the job that uh, you know that that it's about just knowing what to do. Right. You know, and I I trust Pollard and and as an athlete and someone we get the ball to, but I I mean he's never ever ever been a feature back even in college and. Um, you know, he, he I don't think he's ready to just step in like that and take the jump from college to the pros and then also take the jump from being a, uh, a part of a committee to the lead back, getting the main 
portion of the snaps. I, I mean, I could see him. I, I, I take that back. I think he could get. He could be part of a committee where he does get, you know, more snaps than the rest of the committee, the other members of the committee. But I think he needs to be part of a committee. I don't know that uh, any more than like fifteen touches a game is is something that we should even be considering for a guy this young at, at the position too. You know. All right. So Tony Pollard played forty career games at Memphis. How many games do you think he had double-digit carries, Landon? Probably three. I, I mean, not very many. Two. I mean, just based on what Two. I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah both of them were uh, this year when uh, Darrell Henderson was out, which was, you know, the Wake Forest game, he had 17. The Houston game, he had 11. Um, I mean, he lined up more as a wide receiver oh, than absolutely. he ever did as a running back. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't think they wanted to be a feature back. The role that I really see him as is like the James White for them, like New England has, where he's really a yeah. receiver who's playing running back, but if, if if you get an advantageous box or anything like that, you can give it to Pollard and feel good that he's going to get what's there. Um, let's talk about Mike Weber. Uh, suffered, a, it looks like a pretty minor knee injury during uh, Cowboys minicamp. Um, what's just kind of the expectation from him heading into his rookie year in 2019? I think just to be a solid piece. I mean, just, you know, to be a guy who could come in and, and just get what's, you know, like, look, they have a very good offensive line. Uh, you know, I think that when, hopefully we get Frederick back, all these all these players kind of fall into their slot. They figure out their roles uh, for this season. And, you know, we should hopefully return to having one of the better offensive lines in football. If, if, if Weber's in, in the game, then for him, it shouldn't be too much of a, a – too much to get what's blocked for him, you know, and I think that alone um, is uh, going to give good production if you know something were to happen to Zeke. If if this guy can just come in and do his job, you know, and and like just kind of take what's there, that he should be able to uh, be a pretty you know decent backup. And I think that's really what they want is a guy who they you know a well-rounded skill set, someone who is you know they know that Ezekiel Elliott is a very high standard to hold a running back to, but they want somebody well-rounded in their skill set to, to be that kind of true backup running back, you know? Right. And I, and I think that's, and, and then if, if he has to come in and do something as a, you know, as a starter or something, like we said, maybe mid season, if Zeke goes down, I think you could feel hopefully better. I mean, it depends on how everything goes. I think you're hoping to feel confident enough with Mike Weber that you feel like Mike Weber and Tony Pollard could you know do the job for whatever period of time that Zeke is not around. Right, and I think the Cowboys really liked Weber from the sense that he's a pretty decent athlete, uh, played at Ohio yeah. State, so he played some really good competition, played some really good defenses, was successful. I don't think, I don't think the transition to the NFL is going to be anything big for him. I, I do think if you need to get through a couple games, Mike Weber is going to be perfectly fine as a rookie. Um, I, I, I get real quick. I just think that it's for that. It's more. I would feel better if he if like this was something that happened a couple games. And like I, I where I'm concerned is like if something happens to Zeke and he's out for like let's say the first two or three games, I have concerns about starting two rookie running backs. Uh, you know, in that position, I, I would rather Weber get some snaps somewhere before you know 
those two guys, you know, rolled out as our yeah, starting. Running this back is probably package. in this scenario that you kind of just laid out. This is probably where they sign somebody like Alfred Morris, just to, probably just to get him through the first couple weeks of the season, even if it's not spectacular. Yeah, but if, if but if it's like week five or six yeah. and they've had some experience, I think you roll yeah, with it. You just go with it and see what these young guys can do. All right, uh, finishing up on the running backs. Uh, the, the only other guy on the Cowboys roster right now <laughs> is Jordan Chun. Uh, oh no, we got two. Oh, do we, we, got, we got to talk about Jamez. No, that's why I said running backs. We're, we're getting to Jamez. He's not really oh, a running. Okay. Oh, he's okay. not really well, a running we'll, back, right? He's more just well, of a back. Well, we'll see. We'll yeah. find out. But yes, go. Let's let's go. Let's go on with <laughs> well, what you're saying. Sorry, I was gonna say Jordan Chun. That's about all I had for Jordan Chun. Uh, I watched him uh, in the preseason last year. Uh, not great. Uh, doesn't really offer you anything spectacular. I, I think it'd be hard pressed to see him making this roster in any shape or form. Any thoughts on him, though? I mean, I don't think. I mean, especially with Darius Jackson here too, because like, uh, I mean, I can't imagine him even passing Darius that, Jackson. I don't saying. think Darius Jackson's gonna make. Yeah, I don't even think Darius Jackson's gonna make the well, team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, and I think he came in overweight too. Like, so yeah. I, I don't know that he's here for that long. And, and you mentioned Darius Jackson, a guy that uh, I liked a lot of the out of the 2016 draft. He got cut, and people on Twitter freaked out for like two whole days. And it was this big yeah. thing, and then me and you just kind of laughed about it because it was whatever. Um, but Darius Jackson needs to have a monster preseason in order to make this roster, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you know they've been kind of waiting to see the the light click in him with all that athleticism, and if if that if it does happen, then that's great. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think at this point they. Uh, if he doesn't show something big in, in training camp, then he's probably not long for the team yeah, I, again. I, I like Darius Jackson, but man, it's it's just probably over for him. I I think he's a great athlete. That just from what it seems like, he just can't get the mental part of the game down, the pass protecting, and all that kind of stuff. So um, I I just don't see where he has value on this team. Uh, the guy that I do want to talk about a little bit before we sign off is Jameez Olawali. Um, the Cowboys have mentioned that he could take over for Zeke if Zeke was down. Uh, we didn't see him a lot as a fullback last year, but Kellen Moore kind of specifically brought him up as a guy that was underutilized yet last year. What are just some of your overall thoughts on Olawali and how he might fit in this Kellen Moore offense? Well, I think he's just, you know, uh, uh, I mean, again, it's 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 when I got excited about hearing about him and, and more, it's because it's more just like he's like a harbinger, you know, because I think if you can use, if, if you are excited and mentioning a, a guy that's like this kind of versatile fullback type, I'm excited about what you're talking about, you right. know, because I think that that's, that's how they plan on using this guy. I mean, he's not uh, the crushing fullback type that is, you know, the, the 260 pound guy. He's not that, even really like gonna, a Keith you know, Smith though either. No, I mean, I think he's a better, I think he's better, he's more of an offensive weapon than that guy is. I, I mean, I think Keith Smith is, you know, can catch the ball and, and block and all those things. But I think that, that that if used properly and actually involved in it, I think Mays can be a, a valuable piece for this offense because he can, it's like Tony Pollard in a lot of ways. Where he, when you can do a lot of things and you can line up all over the field and you can catch the football, you know, you you can create mismatch. You can be part of a, a larger package that is creating mismatches, sure. and and I think that that's really and again, a lot of things that may come up with Mays where he's deployed. I think he could be useful without getting the ball. 
you know, just by proxy of, of, of what he is dictating the defense do by, by being on the field. And I think the thing is that he can be a third running back because he has running back experience. He can uh, be on the field in pass protection situations, uh, and he's a great special teamer. I think Mays has a lot of uh, of, of value for this team that uh, it's hard. I think it's hard for maybe the general fan to, to get excited about. Um, but I think this year may provide more opportunity for the general fan to get excited about. Now I don't want him to compare him to this player because I really enjoyed watching this one. But could he have a similar role to like what? Richie Anderson had for the Cowboys like in the early 2000s. Sure. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, Richie, Richie got the ball a ton. Right, though. right. I mean, so, like, but, Richie, a, a but, similar but yes, role. a lot of those lines, a lot of those lines where he kind of does a lot of things, but you also can rely on him as a pass target. Now, you know, it's not pretty last year. I think he only caught one pass and he dropped one in the, in the end zone that would have been a walk-in touchdown. But, I mean, this is a guy who I, I feel like when you watch him in training camp, you know, could reliably get open against linebackers, um, you know, has something as a running back, as a guy with the ball in his hands, uh, ha- has better speed than you imagine for a guy that's 240 pounds. He had f- sub 4'6 speeds. So, uh, you know, for, for a guy who's 240 pounds, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and, um, and he can move a little bit. So uh, I, I think he has a lot of versatility. That's where his skill set lies. And if, if, if Kellen Moore is excited about you know, using this guy, that means he's excited about using this guy in a, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, and that has me excited about what this means, what that means for the overall offense. All right, before we head out, um, of all the positions on the Cowboys roster right now, is running back the one position that you could see the Cowboys maybe adding a veteran over the summer? Because every you look everywhere else, it looks like they're they're pretty deep with either rookies or young guys or veterans. To me, the running back just seems like a spot where if they find the right fit, I don't think they would be opposed to bringing in another guy. Does that does that make some sense to you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you know, especially in light of the news that came out today, that that if if they expect something to happen, that it wouldn't surprise me if if they decided to bring in a vet guy. Um, but I, you know, I think strong safety is still a spot that you know, if, if the right deal came out or the right person came around, that maybe they'd take a look. But yeah, I mean, I think like like I said. Because of the this latest news, uh, yeah, there, there still is a, an outside chance that they could add a veteran here at some point. I agree. We'll, we'll see what happens over the summer. We'll keep uh, you guys up to date on this latest Ezekiel Elliott story. I'm sure there will be a ton more news and commentary to come out over the next couple of days. Uh, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. That is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.